0: hello everybody welcome back to chanel's language learning journey podcast with your host me chanel patrice hancock here in akron ohio where today it was 55 degrees woohoo it was almost 60 here it was beautiful and i have to say i enjoyed my day pretty much um gave bono a bath and he really enjoyed that and did some laundry, and just relaxed and practiced some more Lebanese cooking while learning some more Levantine Arabic vocabulary, cooking measurements. Um, That's going pretty well for the most part. But before I jump into today's topic... Um, I want to thank the sponsors of the show, Anchor.fm, because without them, I wouldn't be able to do not just this podcast, but my Cooking with Chanel, the visually impaired way podcast on Anchor that's been up for a month now, um, is slow going. Um, you know, I said, well, you know, I enjoy languages. I also enjoy cooking and other different pursuits. Why not do another podcast show as well? you know, this one's going so well, why not, you know, show my culinary skills and an audio format. And so that's what I did. I published about seven episodes so far. So yeah, um, you guys want to check that out It's cooking with Chanel the visually impaired way as well if you like to cook and um, learn what I like to cook and how I cook as someone that has limited um, readable vision. And uses audio um, and videos to cook. So back to Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. Where you guys continuously listen to what I have to say. And sometimes I may go on a tangent. But I'm so happy to have you guys stick with me for almost two years now. And I just want to say thank you because I really enjoy podcasting. I enjoy making these episodes for you guys week in and week out. I'm sorry that I haven't been able to put as many interviews out as I would have liked to at the beginning of the year. But, you know, it's kind of hard to get a lot of guests these days, given the fact that, you know, people live on different time zones. Um, You know, it's the beginning of the year, so people have a lot of things going on. So, you know, my schedule's busy, their schedule's busy, and um, I'm sure you guys don't want to hear me rant about that forever. So let me get started with today's episode. I decided to talk about my experience learning languages from a university standpoint and an independent learner standpoint, because a lot of people want to go to a class and they feel like it's like the most wonderful thing to do. You know, I have a teacher. They can teach me the language. You know, I'll be okay. I'll be safe. I'm in a space I'm familiar with. Um, you know, I'll just really be able to learn the language. That way, not so much. You may learn grammar drills. You may learn verb tenses. You may even learn how to introduce yourself or order some food but at the end of the day you're following a little script that they have called a syllabus and this is what you're told you're supposed to put out for a test and sometimes people will go by that syllabus and sometimes people won't go by it. It just depends on the person. You have about 20 to 30 people in a class depending on if it's a 10 uh, ten ten level, 10-20, which would be like A1, A2, which would be like year one, year two. And then when you get to the twenty ten twenty twenty, 2020 which would be like B1, B2 level, you know, you're learning about the, the past tense, future tense, you know, you're doing a lot more reading. Um, you might actually do some presentations in the language they'll take you out to a restaurant the target language and you'll be expected to speak when in fact you really didn't learn how to speak from the beginning and it can be quite daunting. I remember I went to a Mexican restaurant in Cleveland over 18 years ago and No one ordered their food in Spanish. They ordered in English. Um, you know, the teacher couldn't wait until the period was over so he could have his cognac. (laughs) I mean, it was just, nobody was conversating in English. I mean, in Spanish, it was just, it was a nightmare. And, um, you know, of course, everyone had to pay for their own food, which was fine. I ordered a burrito with no queso. And I probably was the only one that ordered something in Spanish. So I remember that, that was a disaster. Then our intermediate one class, we went and we were speaking Spanish and I was listening to people speak Spanish and German, which was awesome. So we got to do a lot of things like that. That was really cool. And I got to have some fried um, ice cream, which was awesome. But once again, I really didn't do very much speaking. And I can say that it was a very demotivating experience for me, um, being visually impaired. Now, I had a textbook. I had tutors I would go and see for two hours a day, sometimes six days a week. And it just wasn't, it would click for the test. It wouldn't click for long-time use. And I had to find another way to really become engaged with this. So I wound up listening to Shakira, Ricky Martin, and Ricky Iglesias, and Santana. And until this day, I still listen to their music because I enjoy it very much. Yet, there was no speaking. None! It wasn't until about 13 years later or 12 years later when I took a conversational Spanish course, Conversational 1 and 2, and I finished it in nine weeks online where I had to use a braille book, a talking book, Um, cassette and I had to call in to the hotline and I had to do my test on the phone and I got graded. My my grades were emailed to me and the instructor was so impressed by me still being able to retain the Spanish I had took over a decade ago that I wound up getting a B plus in that class and what was so striking about it was I did no speaking hardly until I started getting on a chat line on Facebook or WhatsApp to be able to speak to someone in Spanish. Now mind you, I did not speak Spanish for 14 years and I found that by learning it through a long distance course, I was able to retain more, I was able to express more with it after retaking it just to refresh my vocabulary because I knew the grammar, that wasn't the problem. I mean, I'm sure that some of you have that problem where grammar is an issue for you. And some people are good at the grammar and, and terrible at the vocabulary. Some people can get a lot of vocabulary in and hardly pick up the grammar. And if you're not really motivated for that language, You're just doing it for a degree requirement, which was in my case. I was doing Spanish for a degree requirement. It was hell. I mean, the first week that I was in college Spanish, which was the first foreign language I ever took. Well, I was five weeks behind because I didn't know I had to do the daggone workbook. And I couldn't read the workbook. So I had to go to a tutor and they had to put my answers in. But what was so interesting was that the teacher never graded any of it. So it was just like, okay, we were just going somewhere to be taught something that we probably would never use. And, I mean, the teacher was cool, but he wasn't the best teacher on the face of the planet. Some people were able to pick up Spanish, and some people weren't able to pick it up. I mean, I picked up the grammar, but I really didn't have a desire to actually speak it, per se. I enjoyed singing to the language more so than I did actually having a conversation and i can say this from someone that's visually impaired you yeah, know there are plenty of blind people out there that have no vision and they learn languages the same way auditorily with audio now mind you this is when the internet had just came into existence um you know i was realizing that yahoo was a search engine i couldn't buy it i mean it was crazy like i was just getting used to the world wide web And we still had dial-up for AOL. And if you were on the computer, you couldn't get on the phone. Um, You know, I was looking up stuff online. It It was a whole new world. I was in my early 20s. And, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do as far as college was concerned. I was just happy to be there. I cared more about my political science and my history and my philosophy classes than I cared about Spanish. And, you know, I took English and Spanish and got B's in both. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not going to take any more Spanish, even though people wanted me to go to Mexico for a month. And they're like, you would have been fluent in a month now. And I'm like, no, this isn't for me. I wanted to study Russian or Italian or French or something. Spanish was not in the equation, but because I went to a community college where that was the only language that was taught, I didn't have a choice. And so when you're forced to do something, you're not really happy with it. And sometimes people take classes just because it's more convenient. That's something that they're familiar with. And because they're familiar with it, they go with it. They don't even realize they have other choices. And I mean, at the time, I knew nothing about Paul Pimsler or Asimil or Teach Yourself or Michelle Thomas. I knew none of that. I didn't even know that there were people out there studying other languages. This is how green I was. Um, it wasn't until I was 38 when I found the language learning community and I signed up with the Polyglots group. And then I started downloading podcasts like I Will Teach You a Language and um, Actual Fluency. And then I started, you know, having reports with some of these people and interviewing them for my own show and it And I realized I could study these languages that I wanted to study without having to pay thousands of dollars to learn it at a university. Now, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of people that enjoy going to school and learning from a textbook, but a textbook isn't going to teach you how to speak a language like the streets are like real people. You know, and I've seen people where they've learned Arabic through asking questions to other people. How do you say this? How do you say that? Or they looked stuff up on the internet. Now, the technology has increased so tremendously over the past 20 years or so. People that are visually impaired and blind have the world at their fingertips. We can find books in the target languages we want. Whether it's ebook or audio because Audible is starting to put out more. And as an independent learner, um, I have found that using my local library, such as TransparentLanguage.com, since um, using um, Mango Language, using Pimsleur every once in a while, um, ColloquialLanguage.com, you know, downloading audio for free, um, getting as much content as I need, from Netflix, Hulu, Netflix is my friend. You know, I'm able to teach myself the things that I want to learn by using in Radio and YouTube especially and connecting with people in the World Wide Web. 20 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do all that because the internet was in its infancy. And all I still had was like the compact CDs with the workbook. And it basically taught you, you know, stuff that you would need if you were to go across to Europe or Mexico, Puerto Rico, Latin America, Cuba, and it's touristy stuff. It wouldn't have really helped you survive as much. And my friend Dana, who you've heard on the podcast before, my first interview, episode 07 of the podcast, he taught himself Spanish, and it took him seven years, but he was looking up words and Spanish dictionaries online and listening to music but the main important thing that he had that I didn't was a community of Spanish-speaking people in his neighborhood that he could speak with on a daily basis. And he used the speak from day one approach before Benny Lewis coined it in order to be able to, um, you know, learn the language. And that's how people that are blind and visually impaired do it. We speak. And we also learn how to read and write in that language. We learn the print. Now, we might not write longhand, but we will type. We'll learn the alphabet and we'll type it out, you know, and we'll put JAWS on for Spanish or French or whatever language, or we'll put it on voiceover for whatever language we need it to be. And we're able to type out what we want to say, or if we learn the Braille code for it, we'll do that too. So we can read or write what we want to say and then be able to read it back to somebody. Especially if they're completely blind and, you know, English is not their first language. I can communicate in their language. So, I mean, honestly, it does benefit being able to find your own materials that you want to know the subject matter about. You're not going to be native fluent, but if you can be conversationally fluent, that means more. You can talk about your family, your weekend. What's going on on the job? What sports activities you like doing? What you cooked yesterday? These types of things you do in your native tongue, you can do these same things in the target language if you're doing it as an independent learner, as opposed to going to a university or a language school or signing up for a class online. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, You will find that when you go to a school it's all structured you know there's a syllabus there and you have to follow it you can't bounce off of that and go to something else because that's not how the curriculum works for that particular school setting so you might as well be an independent learner because this way you get to learn the stuff you want to learn in, in, the, in the way in which you want to learn it And I think a lot of people fail to realize that fact that a lot of people don't like going to school sometimes because they're being told what to learn. I mean, if school was based off of the things that people wanted to learn as opposed to you need to have a certain amount of math and a certain amount of science and a certain amount of this and that, people would be a lot more happier. (laughs) I truly do believe that. You know, I mean, I used to be told I would never learn French. Um, because it was too hard. Well, it's not difficult. Not for me. And I taught myself French. And, you know, if I could read Les Miserables in French by Victor Hugo, then that means something, you know, for me. Um, you know, and I have the book in French. You know, if I can listen to Harry Potter in French. Gary, Harry Potter. You know, Harry. And then if you want to say Russian, it's Gary Potter*. You know, but I like to listen to Gary Potter Peluski Yzik Ocimno. But musta et ocien interesting kiniga sluchit siofreme my druzi. Sti's audio podcast programma Sirvonia an Veterum Sti Shisha and Mira. I mean, honestly, to be honest, my grammar might not be the best. In Russian, no, yalublu, gavarila, eta, prostolenia, patamusta, eta, oichin, lubit, yezik, uchit, snot, gavarit. Honestly, it is a beautiful language and it's an awesome language to speak. I love speaking it. I love watching documentaries and political speeches in Paderewski Jacek. You know, I like listening to my friends speak it. I like listening to Tolstoy. And as an independent learner, I can do that. I can make my own syllabus as to how I want to do it. And it doesn't have to be a structuralized curriculum that means you have to take a test at the end of the term and you have to pass with a certain percentage. Because language learning isn't about taking a test or getting a certification. It's about communicating with people. To the best of your ability whether it's A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2. Now if you get to a B2 you can pretty much communicate on a a variety of different topics with ease. You might still make a few mistakes here and there but hey you're not working at a law firm and you're not presenting your case in Brazilian Portuguese every day. That's not how it works. If you want to, you can do those things, but if you're just wanting to be able to talk to people, communicate, make some jokes, watch movies and music, you don't necessarily need to go to school to do it or get a certification and do it. That just shows what you know at the moment. That doesn't have anything to do with the level of proficiency that you've acquired over an extensive amount of time with being absorbed in the language itself. So if your goal is to read all seven Harry Potter books in Arabic from beginning to end, you're going to do that. And if it's one book at a time, fine. If it takes you seven years to get through all seven books, okay, fine. As long as you start doing it, and that's something that you love, that's what matters. Um, You know, with most independent learners, they they do get burnt out. I'm not going to lie. You know, I spent 5,544 hours on Russian. And I'm able to understand almost everything that's being spoken to me in Russian. And that's because I really focused on it. I used Memorize. I used some Pimsleur. I used Michelle Thomas. I watched a lot of Russian TV, a lot of Russian news. A lot of President Putin's uh, press conferences, and I chose one person to model after the entire time that I was learning Russian, and it was President Putin because I liked his voice and the way it sounded. I didn't care about the Russia versus, you know, uh, America political situation. I mean, I learned more about our country from l- learning Russia. Russian, um, you know, I was able to get a lot of information that way from listening to regular people speak on a daily basis but i mean this is saying 18 hours a day seven days a week for a whole year doing nothing but listening to podcasts and news programs and movies and and whatnot so i mean i listen to no music i listen to mostly tv and movies and it really did help tremendously and i also spoke a lot I practiced a lot and I have to say you know okay that was my fourth language my third spoken language um I learned American Sign Language when I was a child and I was fluent but then you know if you don't use it you lose it sort of thing so I mean I know some still but not to the level that I did when I was little and so you know now um I do speak Spanish to a high level, you know, but I mean, I don't feel comfortable speaking it. I feel comfortable speaking the languages of the East, and i found that the languages of the East are the languages that I enjoy as an independent learner. So, I mean, if you find like a series of languages from different language families, for instance, that you want to learn and you don't want to spend tons of money, you can go to your library and you can go on YouTube, tune in, Radio, Spotify. Netflix, Hulu, um, 50languages.com, Colloquial Languages, you know, I mean the sky's the limit and when you find whatever program that fits you, whether it's a university, whether it's online, whether it's, you know, you just teaching yourself, enjoy the process because if you don't enjoy going to school every day, but you enjoy looking up stuff on your own and you enjoy finding different music artists or actresses or different food. Like in the case of me right now, I'm learning Levantine Arabic and I've been learning Levantine Arabic off and on for the past eight months, but I really got into it like in November. I actually started out with Egyptian Arabic. Then I switched from Egyptian to Levantine. So it's been almost three months, but I've learned how to cook so many different dishes from Lebanon and I've partnered up with other people that like cooking Lebanese food that it gives me a a boost of motivation to keep going with my Lebanese learning and I'm starting to watch documentaries and listen to Haifa Weeb which is a Lebanese artist from Lebanon who's around 40, 41 years old, same age as me. Um, I'm about to be 43 soon. And you know, I found that that gave me some motivation. Now, yes, do I want to get Harry Potter in Arabic? Sure. I wouldn't mind getting an audio, yes. Um, I'm waiting for Audible to to put it on their roster of languages um, to be able to have Harry Potter so I can just subscribe back to them and just get the ones I want, listen to them. But, I mean, for me, I can go to Lebanon on... Tune in and I can listen to whatever I want, whatever podcast I want, save it, go back to it. Um, you know, I can start communicating with people, you know, from that country. I mean, and it's, it's so much fun. I mean, it, that's something that you have to know about language learning. It doesn't have to be a chore. It can be as fun as you want it to be. And I take my time with it. I do a little bit every day. I I don't force myself to cram everything in because it's not a race for me. I have the rest of my life to become proficient, highly proficient in Levantine Arabic. Yes, do I want to get to like a B1, B2? Yes. But I'm going to spend the next two years doing that. And I don't mind. Um, You know, for me personally, it tells me that... Language learning is something that is ongoing and it won't stop, Um, you know, it'll be there. I mean, if you go to a different hobby and then you come back to it, that's fine too. If you go to a different language and you come back to it, that's fine. Sometimes it's good to take a break. Just like if you have to take a break from school and come back a year later, okay, fine, or a semester later. It just depends on what's going on in your life and what the priorities are for you To be able to deal with you know that particular situation now if you want to spend thousands of dollars and go to school that's fine there's nothing wrong with it and you will get some social interaction out of it because of people wanting to be there but you got to ask yourself are they there because they want to take a test and they just want to get a degree requirement out the way or do they really want to learn the language so they can communicate with people because you're going to see those types of people there. And then there's just people that are there just because they don't have a choice. And if you feel uncomfortable about having to sit in a class for 50 minutes to an hour and 15 hour and a half, then, you know, the first two weeks, if you don't like it, you can always withdraw and find something that makes you happy. Because I guarantee you sitting in a class wanting to suffer through something you know you're not motivated to learn is, it sucks. Trust me, I know from experience, it sucks like hell, and it's not something that you want to be able to live with doing. I know, I've had to do it a couple times, and I told myself if I had to do it again, I would never do it again. And, I mean, there's no loss. You know, okay, the teacher loses a student. How many students do teacher lose on, um you know, a given basis, a lot. Because a lot of them are just like, okay, after the first couple of days I'm done, this is not for me. And that's okay. It doesn't even matter what the subject is. It's okay. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Like Spanish, I was good at it, but I just didn't have the motivation. And, I mean, I have come to understand I like Spanish in other ways. It's just not speaking it. Even though yo puedo hablarlo muy bien, pero me gusta hablando otros idiomas, entonces el rus idiomas, el francois idiomas, el italiano idiomas y finalmente me gusta hablar El erbi idioma. Muy mucho. Porque este muy importante para mí saber hablar y comprar conmigo los compadres que vivir en La Middle East. Quién puede hablarlo? E mucho es posible. Conmigo. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, I just spoke a little bit of Spanish and you can see I was hesitant. But, Ana Beque. Edrabi Swey Sabe Han Bay Amrica O Anamin Amrica Isme Chanel Han Bay Amrica Bay uh, Akron, Ohio Shukran Afron Sabe May salame Sabe Estefa Ana la Bege Erubi Ni Mas Ah was ni uh, me, sabe mesa el nor. sabe han Chanel's language learning journey podcast but It's a work in progress. And that means something. And I taught myself how to say those things. Just by listening and immersing myself in the language. Using Mango Languages. And and using um, TuneIn Radio. And Memorize. And YouTube. And whatever else I can find for free. To be able to to, um, speak. And learn more material. and, And more information. And you know. I love finding information and you guys can do this too. Whatever it is that you like doing in your target language, your native tongue every day, just transfer that over to your target language and you will be so much happier in the long run. You really would. And that says a lot about your motivation to want to continue learning your target language whether it's mandarin chinese or thai or hindi or arabic or or afrikaans it could be anything and if you really do enjoy it go for it if you want to learn sports vocabulary learn sports if you want to learn culinary vocabulary like i am for for uh, levantine arabic go for it if you want to start your own podcast based off of a particular theme like I'm doing. I I did another podcast for cooking called Cooking with Chanel the Visually Impaired Way on Anchor. So if you guys want to go check it out, you can. Um, I am going to be interviewing people who like to cook, you know, and I'm going to do it from all over the world because I love making food from all over the world, whether it's Indian food, whether it's Lebanese food, whether it's Egyptian food, whether it's food from Jordan. Whether it's food from Hong Kong or Thailand or Japan, Japan, it doesn't matter. You know, I love to eat food and I love talking about food and I love talking about language and fashion and travel and history and geology. And so because I like these things and I like talking with people, this is my emphasis for learning as an independent learner. And so... I hope that this is helpful. Um, I also hope that, you know, um, you understand that there are other ways to learn a language. You don't have to go to school. You can teach yourself and sometimes teaching yourself is a great thing because you get to learn what you want to learn. You know, I've always used to hate having to deal with teachers telling you what to do all the time. It's like, dude, I want to learn what I want to learn. Am I going to utilize any of this? And I'm going to be honest. Yes, what you learn in high school, that's great. What you learn in college, that's great. But you're only going to utilize probably about 20% of what you learn. And that's the truth of it. Like, I didn't take algebra, geometry, trigonometry, calculus, physics. I have basic math. I'm 43 years old. And... I use basic math every month to balance my checkbook and, you know, and to be honest, like, school isn't for everybody. I wanted to go to college. I studied theater. I don't regret it. I went to film school. I studied directing, screenwriting, and producing, graduated with honors, being the first visually impaired person to do so, and the only one, from what I've been told to ever graduate from this particular school, the Los Angeles Film School. Let me give them a shout out. And I, I, while I lived in California for three years, I did practice some Spanish, but I realized I hated it. (laughs) So I just stopped speaking because people were just rude, you know? And, but I can tell you when I joined the language learning community five years ago, the first people to welcome me into the community were the Russians. And I realized I was at home with Russian and French and Italian and Asian languages such as Cantonese, Thai, and Japanese. And then I realized Arabic was next and Hindi was next. And I'm very happy that I have friends from around the world that enjoy learning languages along with me. And for anyone that wants to join Chanel's Language Learning Journey Mastermind on Facebook, please do um c h e n e l l e apostrophe s language learning journey mastermind um facebook.com and you'll find me and you can request um you know to join please answer the questions there's only 3 they're not as painless as you think um you know and there's 142 of us And I have to say, you know, I help people that are completely blind, people that are visually impaired, and people who have no vision problems learn languages using auditory methods. And, I mean, because I'm an auditory learner, even though I do have some residual vision. I see the bigger picture, not the smaller picture. So, yes, I can see a Cheerio box and tell you what it looks like and tell you the, the word Cheerios and spell it to you. But I when you turn the box on the side where the ingredients are, I can't read that. So, but I've been visually impaired all my life and I live my life, not my disability. And so therefore me being able to explain that I learn everything by ear. I do a lot of listening and a lot of repeating. And I do a lot of absorbing of language at like early in the morning, sometimes at night when nobody's awake in my apartment building. Um, actually it's better to learn a language between the hours of like 10 p.m. and like 7 a.m. It's kind of amazing, but yes, it does work. You'll be surprised how amazing your brain feels. And then when you go to bed, you wake up the next morning, you can actually retain what you, um, learned the night before. I do everything in small chunks. Um, I use the speak from day one approach, but I've been doing that before Benny Lewis coined that term. Um... I have to say that a lot of people that are um, legally blind um, who have some residual vision, whether it's 20 over 200 to 20 over 2,400, uh, three feet, counting fingers, whatever it is, or no vision at all. We all are auditory. And, um, you know, a lot of it's listening. Sometimes you will fall asleep. That does happen from time to time. But, I mean, it's worth it. Because you get to imagine in your head what things look like. And I do know what things look like from a visual perspective out of one eye. And so half of me can't see at all. My right side never could because I have retinopathy of prematurity. And um, I was born one pound, 13 ounces on June 1st, 1977 in Cleveland, Ohio. to a single parent who was 16 years old going on 17. So for me personally, it's a totally different story when, um, you know, you're uh, learning large, reading large print, learning how to read and write with large print, learning Braille at 8, and, and using large print up until you're about 30 years old. And then once you get in your 30s, your vision declines, your readable vision anyway. And, you know, I mean, I still go and pick out my clothes and I still can read the McDonald's sign outside. I just can't read the menu on the inside of the building, but that's okay. Because I don't allow my vision problem to affect me, learning languages or anything else. Um, You know, I go about my life. I have my guide dog. I catch buses, trains, planes. I do a lot of walking. And I do a lot of cooking and a lot of podcasting. And I enjoy making these episodes for you guys. I enjoy letting you guys know about me and how I do things. Um, I use a lot more audio than I do Braille, to be honest with you, because I learn how to speak these languages and understand them. I don't learn how to read and write them, per se. I do the listening and speaking first because the more information you have in your head, I'll be able to read and write it after the fact. And so um, that's what I did with Spanish. You know, I, I never looked at a Spanish word. I didn't have to. As long as I knew the alphabet, I could read and write. And a lot of it was just me listening and a lot of it still is me listening. And that's just my, you know, way of doing it. Um, You know, a lot of people don't really get it, but that's okay. I understand because there's some people that are visual and then there are some people that are um, kinesthetic where they have to learn by doing with their hands. And I used to be all three, visual, kinesthetic, and audio. I still am visual to, an, to a point, but I don't use what vision I have to do a lot of reading because I have eye strain issue problems and it gives me headaches. So if I read for like two minutes, I have a headache for the rest of the day. So for me, learning by ear is very important. I will say that I do get somewhat annoyed because a lot of people in the sighted world don't understand that, okay, yes, you may have a PhD in Applied Linguistics or you might have an MA in Applied Linguistics or whatever language field that you're in. Oh, I'm an auditory learner too. I learned, But at the same time, you still have all of your physical vision. You can jump in a car and you can drive. You can fly a plane. You can ride a motorcycle. I know what a car, a plane, a train looks like. But I can never drive them or, you know, I can never fly a plane or drive a motorcycle or a car. I could ride in them. I know the instruments are there. But my vision is too weak for me to see things further than three to five feet in front of me distance-wise. So just because the car is in front of me doesn't mean I can tell you what the motto is or what the make... Of the license plate is. Unless I am right on top of that sucker. And I mean right on top of it. It not moving. It completely off. <laughs> I did do that once. I did read a license plate number. For a driver. And he was like wow you really can't read. I'm like yes. This isn't fake. You know because people have been accused of. Faking their disability. And a lot of that is just ignorance. On the part of the person. Because they don't get it. Because they look at everything from seeing everything 20 over 200 feet. Well, I can't see 20 over 200 feet. Three feet in front of me, distance. Yeah, okay, that's great. I know what a white fence looks like and a sidewalk, a crack in the road and all that, but I can't see things far away. I can't see the Milky Way, but I can see the moon and the sun because that's big enough. I know what animals look like, clearly, out of one eye. But... Everyone's vision problem different. Let me just point that out here. Um, so, you know, when I'm learning my languages, I'm just learning strictly by ear. I turn on the Michelle Thomas program and I listen. And I, I participate. And I speak. And I'll do about three and a half hours. And then I'll make a video of all the information that I had absorbed in that three and a half hours. So I can get feedback. And this is how I learn. And this is how I produce language. And yeah, for some people, they don't have the ability to concentrate for that long. But I do. And I love it. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But I've been like this all my life. Because I had to train my ears for other things. Because I knew that my readable vision was going to go one day. And I had to increase my braille reading skills. And I can read in Italian, French, Russian, Spanish, Dutch. I can read in those languages. In braille. Because I know the alphabets. And, um... You know, I'm, I'm, I just learned the Levantine Arabic alphabet. But I have to learn the MSA in order to be able to read... Um... Harry Potter in Braille. So, you know, I have a a display that can can read Arabic, but at the same time, it has to be written in Arabic, you know, and as an independent learner, I have to teach myself certain ones, Braille codes that I wanna learn. But for the most part, if they have audio material, I just do the audio because at the end of the day, I can just get the ebook. And I could just listen to it. Because I don't plan on writing a paper in Arabic or or Cantonese or Japanese. You know, I see a lot of people writing. And as an independent learner, if you're visual, you need to write. I do a lot of dictation. So people assume that I can't write when I can. And um, I still can write longhand, cursive. Which I learned at 10. But... um You know, I still know how to read and write print, believe it or not. And I still can write bit print checks, believe it or not. But I don't do it very often because I pay for everything like everybody else does in the digital way. So, you know, for me, when I'm learning a language or I'm trying to find a different um, resource, the internet is my friend, YouTube's my friend, Google's my friend, and I will find it. You know, I joined all kinds of language learning groups so I can connect with people from around the world whether I'm interested in your language for two seconds or two hours. You know, it means something. So when you're learning a language, understand there's a lot of factors. You know, a lot of people learn differently. And I learn best by teaching myself. Because going to school these days, you know, I'm going to 43 years old. I really don't have the patience anymore to sit and listen to someone tell me what I need to know. If I want to know something, I'll look it up. So just like I wanted to know about um, Charlize Theron speaking Afrikaans. Well, I've only heard her speak it once in a video, and that's it. And a friend of mine and I had an argument about that recently, and... This evening, and I said, "Well, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but you can look it up if you really want to know and they they were just being ignorant- ignorant and I just said, "Okay, whatever and um I left the conversation alone, but I did go and find out that she does speak Afrikaans she has spoken Afrikaans in interviews before she's taught Afrikaans in a video on YouTube, so I have seen her speak Afrikaans finally, but at the same time. You know, um, language learning is something that you want to f- find to be fulfilling to you. It's an individual process. That's what people fail to realize. It's not a competition. How many languages you need to speak next week or next year or next month or tomorrow. I mean, hell, I it, it was this one guy who learned Spanish in a week. Um, his name is Icona on YouTube. And there's a few people that learn like, Spanish in a month because they didn't have a choice. They were in Colombia and they needed to learn it, so they did. Um, And then they created a course based off of it. And I mean, to be honest, it was an amazing experience to behold, I would say. Um, To hear this person Create a course based off of their one month experience. Um, you can you can YouTube that um, person learning um, Spanish in a month. There's a whole bunch of people on YouTube. I can't think of the person's name off the top of my head right now. Because I follow so many people is unreal. And that's another thing. When you're an independent learner, you're going to find podcasts. On how to learn languages, you're going to find YouTubers, podcasters, Instagrammers, Twitter people, people on Facebook. I want to teach you this. I want to teach you that, and you know, everyone has to find what fits for them. But I will say, being disabled, it it can be somewhat daunting to be in a group of people that enjoy language learning as much as I do. Yet. You have people that bash, you have people that are mean, you have people that um, will become jealous because you're doing something different that they're not doing. Um, And I mean, I've had to leave groups because of that. Um, I will say as an independent learner, your job should be to make sure that you find the people that you really find um, interesting to follow. And, you know, um, I don't sell anything. Like, I have no courses. I go off of my own experience, my own language learning journey, which is a hell of a lot more interesting than I want to create a course for you to buy for $200. I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't pay to learn any of these languages. The only time I paid for me to learn something was when I went to college, okay? And I was lucky to get out of student loan debt before I turned 40, which was great. But I will say... It is one of the most amazing situations that one could possibly ever have. Um, You know, it's not the easiest thing on the face of the planet to, um, you know, be motivated to keep going as an independent learner. You think you need some instruction? I mean, if you do, you can go to italki.com. I-T-A-L-K-I. Dot com and you will find tutors from all over the world teaching every language there is. There is I think they're as low as three dollars, you know, um, you know, you can find whatever teacher suits you best, which is great. Um, I haven't used it, of course, for for language um, tutors as of yet. But I will say it is one of the things that I would uh, recommend. Hello Talk is another place you can go to do conversations and get help with your language learning. You know, you can text back and forth and share voice messages if you're an audio person. You know, you can get people to correct your stuff. Lang 8 is another place you can go to get corrections. Um, you know, so, I mean, to be honest, I like the independent route personally, but everyone's different. So if you want to go to university or a language school, that's great. Um, do that, you know, whatever floats your boat, you know, what works for me might not work for you. And I definitely understand that because there's plenty of people that we kind of have similar learning styles, but at the same time, it's not the same. And so um, I would say to you, just keep on learning your target language the best way you know how. Um, you know, find that course that, that helps you or that person that inspires you. And, and, you know, I mean, I have plenty of people I follow, but I stopped following a lot of people because I wasn't getting anywhere with my language learning by being on YouTube all day watching <laughs> Um, people on language learning instead of doing the actual learning part. And sometimes you can become distracted by a lot of YouTubers and you got to watch out too, because a lot of people will sit there and tell you a whole bunch of things. And if you follow them for a long time, they wind up saying one thing in the beginning and then they change their mind as the years go on. And sometimes it can be contradictory And I've seen that and I've interviewed a few people and said, well, you know, you have said this on your show, but then you turned around and said something entirely different. So which one is it? And, you know, they were kind of shocked to hear that I, you know, did that. But at the same time, it was something that I thought my listeners need to know about because, you know, you do have the right to change your mind. You know, the more you learn languages, the better you get as a learner. And, you know, if you want to teach it, you can. But I'm going to be honest, the best teacher that you have is yourself, because you know how you learn. And other people learn differently. And sometimes people aren't willing to learn your way of doing things. Um, because they're so used to learning in the way that they learn and they're not willing to step out their comfort zone for anything or anybody. In the day that people do step outside of their comfort zone, they will start to learn a lot more about language learning. You know, it's not about how many courses or books you have or, you know, how much money you make, you know, teaching. It's about impacting people, communicating. That's the first thing, communicating and having a good time with it And if you actually have a good time with it, you will learn and learn more and more languages and more and more about yourself and what you can handle when learning a language or anything else for that matter in regards to life. I mean, I've learned so much about myself and what I can do now versus what I couldn't do five years ago. It's unreal. And that means something to me. So I hope you guys like this episode. This episode is about 56 minutes long in length. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can rate it, review it. Please do, because I want to try to get up into that 200 or 100, um, you know, podcasts. Um, I'm at 11.2K listeners now. Thank you so much. If you want to go over to Cooking with Chanel, the visually impaired way, you can on Anchor and subscribe to that one, too, and take a listen. I think you guys might like it. Um, Thank you so much, and I will see you guys in the next episode of the podcast. Me salami, sabe.